Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, my favorite people. Welcome back to the Balanced Wand podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger. And today we are having a very interesting conversation with the founder of Keon Aminos, Angelo Keeley. I've been a fan of the brand ever since I discovered them several years ago when I was searching for the cleanest coffee, mold-free, all the things, because I am extremely particular, which I think all of you know if you listen to the show regularly. And now I've become a massive fan of the brand because I am getting super interested in the benefits of protein and amino acids, especially because of the current journey that I've been on with my health, my hormones, and getting everything back into balance after having a baby. So today we are joined by Angelo, who is the expert in aminos. We're talking about protein. We're talking about body composition, energy, overall fitness, well-being, anxiety, all the things that we can heal from, from taking an adequate amount of aminos. We even talk about what are aminos because I'm sure a lot of you are listening and thinking, I would like to know. I would like a little more of a description. So we're going to get into that. Before we do, we hear about Angelo's life story, healing from trauma. He had a fascinating experience when he was younger. He was 16 years old and he was stabbed and nearly beaten to death during a bad LSD trip. This story fascinated me more than anything, as I'm sure you feel as well, because you just don't hear about that kind of thing every day. He's also been in a few other big traumas in his life, including a bus accident in the Indian Himalayas when he was 21, where he witnessed some really intense things happening. And he talks about all of it super candidly. He has a very robust spiritual practice in his life. So I obviously loved talking to him about that. We talked about dreams. We talked about healing from trauma, of course. And we talked about building Keon. I love this brand. It is amazing. I, of course, had to do this episode with him because I've been so obsessed with the brand. I drink their decaf coffee every day. I've been taking their aminos and so has Jonathan. And we're just a fan overall. It's incredible. This episode is packed full of education, knowledge, inspiration, tons of good info. And I think you're just going to love Angelo. He was so kind to me on this day. We did this interview. I was having a raging autoimmune flare and rash all over my face. I had basically been an emotional wreck for most of the day. And when I came in to do this interview with him, he was so kind, so easy to talk to. And I enjoyed every single moment of this conversation. You can visit www.getkeon.com slash balanced to get 20% off on monthly deliveries and 10% on one-time purchases. You guys are going to fall in love. So don't forget about that link. We also have it in the show notes because once you finish listening to this episode, you are going to be running to get your hands on these aminos. And without further ado, let's get into this episode with Angelo. 
You've been ready. Yeah, I've been ready. I love it. You're so <laughs> grounded and so present. Uh, oh, thanks. What's your sign? Aquarius. You're an Aquarius. You're an mm -hmm. air sign like me. So when's your birthday? February 15th. Oh, nice. Do you feel like an Aquarius? Do you resonate? I don't really know that much about astrology. That said, I had a friend who was really into astrology and he was describing like my more complex chart. I don't know enough of the mm -hmm. language around your it. Your whole birth chart. Yeah, my mm -hmm. whole birth chart. And he gave me the kind of the picture that I am like a bird that will fly with the flock, but I'm flying upside down. Oh, interesting. And I thought that fit very well. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable. I'm very comfortable in the group, in the flock, and I'm kind of doing my own thing. That's so fascinating. Mm -hmm. So do you know your human design by any chance? I don't. Okay. I'm really familiar, like in terms of personality systems, I'm mm -hmm. really familiar with Enneagram. So what's your Enneagram? It's a seven. It's okay, a very seven. high seven. So yeah. isn't that, I'm trying to remember, because I don't know as much about uh -huh. the Enneagrams, but that's like a very social type, very talkative, mm -hmm. like a yeah. leader. Yeah, I think overall, like the... Enneagram is based around desires and fears and the core like fear is kind of like being deprived mm. and the desire is basically like stimulation. So it's very adventure seeking. It's joy and pleasure seeking and like it's very fun. They mm -hmm. tend to be like really fun mm -hmm. people. Oh, I love yeah, that. So, so you must be a lot of fun. I am. I'm a lot Which of fun. I can tell I, just mm -hmm. from like the short conversations that we've had. You're an interesting person. You've had a lot of interesting things going on in your life. And you're here to have fun. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. You too. Yeah. I, yeah. I can tell you're, I've really enjoyed doing my research on you. Thank you. Yeah. That makes me so happy because not all of the guests do, you know? I mean, often I have people on who I know occasionally. I don't know them. And that only happens when I love the brand the way that I love yours. So it's cool that you did some research. You listened to some of the show which showed you how spiritual we, we are over here. Yeah. And so are you. You've had such an interesting background and history that I want to get into today. So tell us a little bit about what brought you to the health and wellness space. I know that you had a lot of stuff going on when you were younger, mm -hmm. some traumatic experiences. Let's start there. Yeah, I think it's interesting like where to start because even just listening to the podcast, I listened to where uh, Krista interviewed you and I saw all the different maybe like themes of life that are going on and maybe many things that are true at the same time. I've got like, I think a few different spheres that kind of connect me to this space. I think it did start though with my family. Like I was raised in a family where my parents had a natural health food store and a natural health food restaurant. And, you know, they were super into natural health. So I was raised on supplements and vitamins and we were pescatarian, so we talked a lot about nutrition and protein and amino acid nutrition. And they were, I think, I had an alternative approach to healthcare. Mm -hmm. So, like, I didn't get a birth certificate till I was seven. I didn't go to a doctor till I was like seven. Oh wow! Yeah. And how was that when growing up? Did I mean, you, I didn't know. Didn't know any I didn't different. know. I mean, well, I had an awesome childhood. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it was very free. I. I didn't go to school until first grade, which is when I had to get a birth certificate. Oh yeah, that yeah. totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I was just like playing outside a lot. I was playing outside a lot in nature uh, and just like enjoying being a kid. Yeah. That's there was the way that it should be. Yeah. There, it was, it was not, I don't think there were as many kind of formal things I had to adhere to. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of connected to myself and to nature and to my parents and my siblings and it That's was awesome. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> Your parents sound amazing. I'm definitely a little more like that, a little more alternative. Mm -hmm. I think that's such an incredible way to raise your kids. Yeah. So I guess like with that foundation, the beliefs and values were always there. Like it's just kind of who I think in many, in many ways, when you grow up, you try to go out and express yourself in different ways and find out who you are. And sometimes you uncover whole new layers that maybe your parents didn't show you or your original culture didn't expose you to. But in some ways, like you keep coming back to those same mm -hmm. themes. And, you know, I think when I when I started to get older and I started to explore things for myself, I'd start to push back against health type stuff in some ways. But more than anything, I probably actually followed my parents' footsteps again, that they were entrepreneurs and very expressive and fun loving and wanting to like try and experiment. So like I had to try and experiment with everything on my own. I couldn't mm -hmm. really learn a lesson from another person. 
And so that took me down a path of just lots of hard lessons, you know, lots of hard lessons with drugs and with relationships. And one piece of my journey culminated when I was 16 and I took too much LSD. And I think in the simplest terms, maybe contemporary scientific terms, I had a psychotic break. Mm -hmm. I think in more spiritual terms, maybe I had a ego death or there's all different Mm -hmm. ways of describing whatever happened. But it got into a situation where I, I was actually attacked and got stabbed multiple times and nearly beaten to death. My God, but how did that happen? I know how that happened because I've heard your story, uh-huh. but just tell us, because you're a 16-year-old, you're yeah. doing LSD with your friends, mm-hmm. you take a little too much. Probably a lot. A lot too much. Too I, took, much. I took a little too much and then I've I took a lot too much. position yeah. too. It's, yeah. But how did this happen with you? Yeah, I think... I was in a, not an extremely dangerous neighborhood, but a more dangerous neighborhood than where I grew up. And I took way too much and I got really scared and really freaked out and was basically you know, very loud and provocative and asking for help and trying to get people to help me. And I basically upset people who were a lot more hardcore than me. And they didn't like the way that I was acting and they felt threatened by me. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't fully understand. Do you I don't fully remember or understand exactly mm-hmm. what happened, but I know that clearly they, I have never been in any kind of altercation like that. And I've never been I had a pretty soft upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's a very unfamiliar space for yeah. me. And clearly I, uh, you know, I just provoked people that felt more threatened by that. And I don't, you know, I don't, I didn't mean to, and I didn't want to, but they wanted me to shut up and go away. Mm-hmm. And so, so they stabbed you. Yeah. So yeah, there were a couple guys and they beat me up really bad and they, they stabbed me twice in the back to where I had to have, you know, I was rushed to the emergency room. So I had to have emergency abdominal surgery. They assumed like my organ, you know, mm-hmm. my internal organs were severely injured and I got stabbed in the knee. So my patella tendon was entirely severed. Uh, and so I had to be reattached. Did you think you were dying? Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I have, so what I remember is yeah, I think I remember the transition from like kind of being in my normal space to being in the space that was becoming more and more uh, my 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 normal mental space to a mental space that was becoming more and more chaotic and scary and dark and confusing and paranoid and to a place where I was looking for help. And then clearly these people didn't understand I was looking for help and they were they didn't like me and now they were attacking me. And then I remember feeling like basically I could just let go. And I think it was because I was so severely injured at that point. There was nothing for me to do. I couldn't do anything. And yeah, I just remember, I remember letting go and I remember like paramedics taking care of me. And that's really the last thing I remember, but it was a sense of falling. It's actually like, I I remember this, uh, it's almost like an image of like an angel, like falling through space and being attached by a cord, like from my abdomen. And, uh, but there was something safe in the falling. Wow. And then I woke up in a hospital several days later. Oh and, my God. Yeah. And I was very, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just, I couldn't move. I was, I was black and blue everywhere. And, um, terrifying. So yeah. someone called your parents, I'm assuming yeah, like I the mean, hospital, the hospital called my parents. Were they yeah. terrified? Yeah, they were terrified. What did they say? What did they think after you woke up and you started talking to them? I think, you know, they, I mean, I think their primary concern was just like my well being. They, uh, I don't, it's not a thing where they'd be like mad at me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they'd be like mm-hmm. scared and confused and concerned. And now as a parent, I have a 10 year old or an eight year old. I think about, you know, my children and as they become older and I hope they don't have to have these kinds of learning lessons and they start to experiment with things and try things and have to learn these hard lessons, like just really wanting them not to get hurt mm-hmm. and want them to be okay. And mm-hmm. so I think my, I think they were, you know, scared that they, almost lost me, could have lost me. What's going to happen to me next? Will I be okay? Will I recover from this? I think lots of people that go through that kind of trauma don't have a great recovery. Yeah. Some people uh, fall into drugs or they fall into, you know, some type of clinical depression or other types of issues. And so I think they were probably just scared and wanted to protect me and take care of me. Yeah. So you woke up and was it that feeling of like, holy <sighs> shit, I never want to do anything like this again. Like LSD, these people that you're hanging out mm-hmm. with. Was it that kind of experience? Yeah, I think, I think like the fundamental sense I had was, whoa. <laughs> like I think it was, whoa. was like, whoa, in that 
you know, at, at stages of life, I think this is what transition offers us. You know, you're a child and you don't really know, or you're an infant and then you're becoming a child and you're kind of progressing, progressing through life. I remember when I got like just me on kind of elementary aged and I was getting into like preteen, I remember kind of realizing like, whoa, man, being a child was really cool. Like it was so free and there was so much opportunity, et cetera. And I think in that moment, when I woke up, I realized how fragile my life was and how much impact every decision I make or doesn't make have upon it and how much opportunity there is in every single moment to try to create the life that I want. So it was like kind of like existential, just whoa, like it wasn't so much, I don't ever want to do that thing Mm -hmm. again, or that thing is bad and this thing is good, but just, whoa, this life is like really delicate and really special. And I'm going to, I, I learned this quote later. I think it's Thoreau, like suck the marrow out of life. And I was like, I'm going to honor this that. life. I'm mm-hmm. going to honor this life. Yeah, absolutely. Cause that is a near death experience. And yeah, so I mean, when people, yeah. of course, yeah. when people have those, I know it, it changes everything. And you were 16 and you probably felt like you had the wisdom of, I don't know, like a 30 year old, someone who's at, who's been <laughs> through something really traumatic in life. I don't know if I think I had the wisdom. I think the wisdom has come with the understanding of it over time. Mm-hmm. Later in my life, I ended up living overseas for many years and I traveled extensively in all different countries. And I always noted that when I would travel, I was kind of like exposing myself to this new information and these new perspectives and these new experiences. But it was really when I came home and I integrated the information that I had new understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think that new understanding is where wisdom comes from. So I don't think I was just like immediately wise. I think I got a big dose of experience and then it's taken me 20 Mm -hmm. years to, to like cultivate it into actual wisdom. That makes sense. Wow. I mean, you can talk about it with such calm. This is such a crazy experience that so many people will never understand, you know, that feeling of, being stabbed and also that ego death, which I understand very well because I've done a lot of psychedelics and I've had like you kind of what would be considered a psychotic break or an ego death or whatever, whatever that exactly Mm -hmm. is. And it's scary. It's really, really scary. So have you ventured back into psychedelics? I don't do psychedelics now, but I did after that in different iterations experiment again. Mm-hmm. I think it e- it evolved into something that was a lot more cautious. Exactly. Like <laughs> you realize I don't need very much of this. Yeah. And if I have more, then I know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think like overall my journey, I think of a lot of different aspects of life as being pretty interconnected. And so psychedelics to me are very connected with meditation and with journaling and with certain forms of psychotherapy. I've spent a lot of time doing psychoanalysis uh, dreams. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I connect my dream life a lot to kind of what the psychedelic experience is. And so I think I've continued to engage in those realms, but I found ways that I think are more uh, mediated by like my own behaviors mm-hmm. and activities versus uh, some type of uh, substance. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. So how do you work with your dreams? I journal about them. So I, I try to collect like well, when, when dreams occur, which is pretty frequently, I try to, you know, just write down what I remember about what happened. And then I try to talk about them more. You know, I have, I have a psychoanalyst. So I have the opportunity where it's like, that's super invited. That's like what that whole kind of modality or framework is interested in and about. And through that, it's almost when you talk about it, you expand upon the dream. You're almost like dreaming about the dream in mm-hmm. your waking life. And so I think about, I guess I have this little thing I like to say to myself, which is my life is my dream. And it, then it repeats. So my life is my dream is my life is my dream is my life. So I think I try to engage with my dreams in that way. Like rather than thinking about dreams as being something other, mm-hmm. really considering how they're maybe it, it, they are my life. Yeah. I love that. Oh my God, that's beautiful. I've been thinking about dreams a lot lately because my dreams have been more vivid than ever. So this is just a very timely conversation because they're not random. I think so many Mm -hmm. of us go about life thinking we're awake and this is our life and then we sleep 
And, you know, this weird thing happens in our subconscious where dreams happen and we don't really know what they are or what they mean. But nothing is random. Nothing is coincidental. Like this is our subconscious teaching us so much. Yeah. And I think our our consciousness and subconscious expressing itself. Mm -hmm. You know, one, it's an interesting note in listening to your interview with Krista and hearing more about, I think, the way that you see the world and you experience it. And I think through kind of, mm, if there's multiple beings mm-hmm. that you're kind of experiencing, I think I experienced that, but it may be in a, in a counterintuitive way to you, but maybe it's complimentary interesting. I think about in my dreams, I am every character. Like oftentimes yes. when people dream, they think, oh, that's my boyfriend or my wife or my sister or my brother. But actually it's like, I am playing all the characters in my dreams. So whoever's showing up with the face of my wife, it's actually me and it's some part of myself. And uh, I think that's a really, like it's hard to see that in your waking life, that however I'm perceiving you and engaging with you and treating you and participating with you in this moment, that you're this like other person. And yet at the same time, like it is some, like you're somehow still me. Mm -hmm. In dream life, it's, that's the only way that it is. Like there's no one else dreaming inside of inside right. of my life. And so I think that there's, it's a really unique avenue to find meaning. Going back to what, the heart of what you were saying, which is it's not just random. Right. It's not just random. Like there's real processing and real meaning making. And I think my relationship to all these different parts of myself and relationship to other people can be very uniquely understood and integrated in dream life in ways in which there's just challenges in, in like waking life. Like, mm-hmm. um, so many, yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> too like, many to count. Yeah, I mean, you really yes. seem like a separate person, mm-hmm. like you're a different person than right. me, but like, it's wild. Yeah, I know. But the one, oneness, <laughs> we are all one. And that's what I come back to so often and all the time. That's what psychedelics have taught me. And also what meditation has taught me and even certain dreams or, just an elevated consciousness during breath work. We're all one. And yeah, it's wild. We could go off on a tangent about that forever, Mm -hmm. but I love talking to you about this stuff. And I know that you studied religion, right? Mm -hmm. In college. How did you get interested in that? I think it really came. I mean, well, it's interesting. Like where does it all start from? You know, uh, interesting enough when I went to therapy to try to more deeply understand the trauma of getting stabbed, I thought I would just be working on that. But what arose was, well, maybe what happened earlier in your life or what were you born into that then provoked these later experiences in your life? And so it seems like it's most closely associated with that kind of near-death experience, but I think I've always been a seeker to some degree in trying to understand the meaning of life and what's going on and why and how other people work through it. But definitely after that experience, I was like, whoa, like I got really interested and dedicated to physical practices to not just like, I don't know, young male, like sports stuff. Like I was always into that, but like, well, I really want to like understand like mobility and yoga and running and how my body functions and nutrition and all these different types of alternative therapies. My parents had turned me on to as a kid, like acupuncture, et cetera, and yoga. Uh, And it really quickly became too like spiritual traditions. Like I want to understand spiritual traditions more. And so I started exploring them on my own. And then when I went to college and I took a class, I actually took a class called Intro to New Testament, which was historical critical. So like a very historical analysis of how that book, the New Testament and the Mm -hmm. Bible was written. And it just blew my mind, understanding all the different traditions and people that were existing at that time and how they thought about things and what the worldview was and why people express things in certain ways. I'd never really been exposed to that before. I'd basically kind of just only been exposed to religious practice as something like you either kind of do or you don't do. You either like believe in this path and you go and you do it in this way that they teach you to, but less like, whoa, there's a lot more nuance to it and ways that you can explore it and understand it. And after that, I was just kind of hooked. So I I was like, I want to learn Greek or I want to learn Arabic. I want to study Islam. I want to study Hinduism. I want to go to India. I just loved it. it. I did it. Yeah. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I took that class too, intro to New Testament. I went to a Catholic college to Loyola Marymount University. So I grew up Jewish, not really exposed to a lot of religion outside of that, but we weren't super religious. Uh I took that class and I didn't like it at all. So, really? I mean, maybe I just wasn't in the right space in my life. Do you right remember what textbook it life. was? 
No, okay. I don't. Wow. Um, I can ask my best friend. We took it together. Okay. She might remember. Uh-huh. And she had gone to like Catholic school her whole life. So uh-huh. she knew everything. It was so easy for her. And I had never heard of any of this. And uh-huh. I just thought it was really hard and not super interesting. But it's funny because now I think I would be really interested uh-huh. at, with the way that my life has evolved. But yeah. That's amazing. I say that to say that was definitely the right path for you. If you were in college and it evoked this type of passion inside of you at that time, that's amazing. Yeah. I think there's like different messages and different information for different people at mm-hmm. different times. Exactly. And who knows? It could have been like a very different presentation oh, of the sure. information. Oh, for sure. I'm sure. Different, I don't think I had a different a very professor. Good teacher, yeah, you know? all of those yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what did you think you were going to do with that? Did you think that you were going to go into religion? Uh, I think, I mean, in those years, I didn't really know. What I knew was that I was really passionate about this holistic experience of health. Like I was really passionate about the spiritual aspects, psychological aspects, physical practices, nutrition, like all of it. So I was just like on that kind of holistic self-improvement project. And it was really safe within a collegiate experience. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have all the responsibilities of a family, et cetera. And so I was, I was really interested and committed in that. I also got really turned on to doing service work. And I think I was just, I was just like so into people and to life too. So I got into doing service work and I started traveling and I thought that I would probably end up doing something either in academia or in like international service work or international business or like something like that that. And I think a real turning point happened for me. I I went to India for the first time when I was 21 and I did volunteer work at an orphanage for about a month. And then after that, I went and did this advanced yoga study at an ashram in the North. And while I was there, I was in this bus accident that was deadly and uh, very different from my previous experience where I'd kind of you know, I don't take in a substance and provoke this chaotic experience for me personally. In this situation, I'm, you know, a passenger in a bus. It collides with another bus. The other bus falls off a cliff and almost everyone on the other bus dies. It's like the fragility of life, again, is exposed to me. And yet in this case, it's like, man, it may not even be something that I, I mean, clearly I had chosen to go to India and be in a more kind of dangerous situation, but there's all these ways that things are out of our control out of our seeming control Mm -hmm. in a way. And I think coming back from that, I suddenly became much more success oriented. And I don't know if I, to what degree I didn't fully kind of process the trauma. In some ways I think I did process it well, but in other ways I was like, I was still in my self-improvement journey, but I was like, now I want to be successful. And suddenly it kind of took more of a turn of like wanting to be an international businessman or something like that. And so when I graduated college, I moved to France and I started to do work there and I tried to develop a career there. And that took me on a career to India ultimately and traveling there a few more times. And I was just trying to like develop this successful international businessman type career. So all that after many years, the woman who's now my wife, Carrie was with me that whole time. Uh, it became time to be, I had the internal realization of wanting to be committed to her and be committed to creating a family. And like that was gonna be my focus. And in doing that, that brought me back to the United States. It brought me to Boulder, Colorado. Then the business path kind of evolved back to health. Mm-hmm. And I started working in behavioral healthcare and running a company in that direction. And then it just kind of morphed into, I don't know if it morphed into or it swung all the way back around to like a supplement and a food company that yeah. I founded in 2017 that basically uh, is so close to the values that I was raised in as a child and even the the products that we make and like why we make them is so rooted in like the values of two, three, four-year-old Angelo and, yeah. his, and his mom and dad. It's very cool. Your parents yeah. must be very proud and very excited and they probably use your products all the time, but also just wow to everything that you said about the bus accident, the people dying. I mean, you've had a lot of experiences in your life that have been really out of the ordinary like really big. Mm -hmm. And how did you process that trauma in your life? I specifically the bus trauma or just like, or like the repetitions of the trauma. (laughs) I mean, the stabbing, you know, you were very Mm -hmm. young. How did you process that? And then, and you said therapy and that's Uh amazing. And then the bus accident, you were a little older. I think that at the most fundamental level, it's about developing awareness 
like physical sensation awareness around what you feel and mental awareness around the thoughts that are arising and emotional awareness around the feelings that you're feeling and how maybe how they provoke or connected to physical sensations and to thoughts. And all of that I think is really well supported by several practices. Meditation. I've done thousands of hours of silent meditation and multi-day silent retreats. And I mean, just a lot of silent meditation. Uh, yeah. Hundreds, I probably thousands of hours of, of psychotherapy, of talk therapy in a more, I think, psychoanalytic type tradition where it's, there's not like a, not like a goal that you're trying to get to. It's not like you're trying to get coached up to go be able to do something. You're just exploring what's in your mind, similar to the, you want, well, the way one might free journal. I've done a lot of journaling. I've done, I have done more active coaching type like activities, just self-coaching myself where envisioning what I want, illustrating it in a mind map, like a visual mind map and reflecting on it and coming back to, I've been doing that for 15, 20 years. Oh, wow. Tell us how to do that. Uh, I mean, at the most fundamental level, I think you, you identify what it is that you want to develop a vision for and you, yeah, I think there's different ways to uncover what that is. There's ways of asking yourself, of finding the right people to prompt you, of doing different exploratory exercises, of challenging, identifying your fears and challenging them, exploring maybe who you think you might've wanted to be when you were a child. Like there's so many different ways in, but then ultimately I think it's illustrating. What I like to do is I like to illustrate whatever it is I'm trying to envision in a series of circles that are connected by lines. So for example, my wife and I do this every single year. Uh, we'll do our own individual ones, but we'll do one as a family where it's like, you know, Carrie and Angelo 2023 is a circle in the middle. And then out of that is a series of lines that connect other circles. And those circles represent kind of the major nodes, the major values or desires we have. And so one could be nutrition. Are there specific things around nutrition that we want to be focused on this year? Or there could be ones around our daughter Genevieve, like Genevieve, like what, what's some, what are, what's our vision for what we hope that she experiences this year. And out of that, you can draw lines and those could be anything from, you know, making half your plate vegetables <laughs> for food, you know, to ensuring that I spend more time listening to Genevieve than I spend talking to her. Mm -hmm. And it's just something you write when you have that in one page and you can put it up in front of, you can put it up on your mirror. I look at it every single day my life one, but I do this for business too, for all kinds of things. It's a very clear reflection back to me about what I thought I wanted and what I envisioned. And if I still feel aligned with it, it's very motivating in the moment to take action towards it. And if it's not, or it shifts or it changes, I start to see what's changing in me and what's shifting and what's happening more often than not it stays pretty true, you know, for a year or something. Mm -hmm. And some things I've been writing the same thing for 15 years, yeah. <laughs> you know, either because it's still valuable to me mm -hmm. or I'm still trying to work on it. Like mm -hmm. I'm still, it's still, there's still some, uh, a blind spot there for me. There's something to uncover that, uh, I haven't, I haven't been able to work through yet. Wow. I need to start doing that. That's such a good idea. Wow. It's really awesome. I, I find, I, mean, I think different people have different learning styles mm -hmm. and like execution styles, but for me to have a vision of something on one page that's visual and connected Versus like through prose where it's just like written words or a list. I don't feel motivated or clear by a list. Mm -hmm. Like it's all these kind of disconnected thoughts. Whereas when it's visual through like geometry, I can see how these different aspects of my life yeah. are connected. Wow. That sounds like such a good idea and just a different way to do things. Okay. So I want to get into, you mentioned your company mm -hmm. and I've been a fan for a long time. I was telling you, I can't believe you started it in 2017 because I actually feel like I've known about it. it since then? Like, I mean, since then, uh -huh. yes, but I would, I was going to say even longer. So mm. how did you get into it? How did you, like what inspired you to get started? I mean, I think I hinted at it earlier. It really is about, I already had these values. Yeah, for, this is full circle. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like values for, for really high quality premium supplements and foods. And, you know, like, so our number one most, like our hero product is Keon Aminos, which is essential amino acids. And I literally, like it's the first supplement I really remember my mom talking to me about as a two or three year old, because we thought about, Again, I mentioned earlier, protein nutrition, essential amino acid nutrition as it relates to choosing to be vegetarian. And we were pescatarian, mm -hmm. but we were largely vegetarian. So how to think about our daily diet in a way that was really thoughtful. And she was an athlete. So yeah, it was just important to kind of think about that. And coffee, my mom like 
loved quality. I remember going to the specialty organic coffee store and like getting our coffee. So in some way, like that's our second most important skew. And that's mm-hmm. the one that you got exposed yeah, to us via, exactly. right? Is the coffee. Mm-hmm. So in some ways it's just, you know, you believe in a product and you love a product and that's, you know, that's what you end up focusing on. I think from, you know, really the way that it evolved was I had my previous endeavor in this behavioral healthcare space, which was honestly really awesome too. It was a much more holistic health coaching type uh, business and endeavor. It was time to move on. And this opportunity just kind of emerged, you know, and I think it emerged out of, again, like it's hard to name it in that way, right? It's like, well, if I'm going to start something, what are things that I really believe in and really care about? And I think maybe the other, the most important thing for me at that time and still now was the desire to have more of my life integrated, to feel like the work that I was doing was really directly aligned with my values, that whatever products or service I was offering, like I just felt like just really like completely aligned, but that also like the company culture and the way that the team interacted and the way that we treated customers, the way we treated partners, that it didn't feel like, like a, but, you know, like we're going to do this, but Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, always like, no, like we're going to do this because this is what we believe in and this is what we want to do. And this is what we care about. And this, this is who I am as a person. And, uh, I think, you know, just working for other people and with other people, I have total respect for every one and their choices about how they figure out their life. And I just had conflicts, you know, I think in different ways where I wanted the, the company culture to be really different and to treat people in a certain way and to have certain values. So I think it emerged out of that mm-hmm. probably maybe more than anything for me. Wow. And then it was like, well, what are the most important products that I could then also want to make? And that could be that I would, that I want to take every day that I want to give to my children that I think are the most important to like spend time coming on a podcast and talking mm-hmm. about, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different things I myself could spend my time building as a company and trying to promote to people. But like, what's, what is something that is really worth people's time? Yeah. Worth their time hearing about, worth their time adding to their life. That's going to create real value. And I think the products that we chose to make are those are that. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit about the aminos, because I don't see that like in a lot of other brands, it's not something that you see all the time. Like Mm -hmm. we see coffee all the time. (laughs) And I fell in love with your coffee because it's mold free. It's like, that's so important to me. My audience knows with all of the autoimmune stuff that I've had, I have to be so picky and so careful about which brands I trust, especially when it comes to coffee, which can mold easily. I'm obsessed. You guys have to check it out. It also tastes amazing. And you have decaf, which is so important for me now because I stopped drinking caffeine this year, which has been really sad, but (laughs) also it's been good, good for the anxiety levels. But tell us about aminos. So aminos are this product, Kian Aminos, it's, it's fundamentally essential amino acids. And essential amino acids, in the simplest terms, are the active component of protein. So uh, maybe to describe, like, well, why would you take this or what do you need it for? Protein and the essential amino acids inside of them, uh, protein or the essential amino acids inside of it, is very distinct from carbohydrates and from fat. The primary role of carbohydrates and fat are to be converted in your body into a usable energy for you to like move. And if you eat too much carbohydrates or fat, then you're going to move in a general day or burn. Then you'll store that as fat. That's the purpose of storing fat in your body. You ate too much of that thing. But later on, maybe when you don't have food, you'll be able to live off of it. It's an you know evolutionary mechanism for us. On the other hand, protein and the essential amino acids inside of them, their primary role is to actually help us rebuild the proteins in our bodies. So the, the proteins in our bodies are making up most of our body, over half of our solid mass. This includes all of our major organs, so heart, kidneys, liver, spleen, etc. but also our eyes, our skin, our hair, our muscles, enzymes. When you hear about enzymes, hormones oftentimes are, are proteins, and even the neurotransmitters are uh, derivatives of proteins, they're amino acids. Uh, So our mood, like our experience of having different moods is based off of 
of proteins and their derivatives. Really? So could this help someone with anxiety, for example, or depression? Or yes. Not? Really? Yeah. So amino acids overall, there's been lots of studies over specific amino acids and effects on mood, which we can go a lot more into. And there's specific ones to look at, but I think overall thinking about daily healthy protein and essential amino acid nutrition overall is a first step to take if you're trying to address mood issues. Mm -hmm. If you're not eating enough protein and the essential amino acids inside of them, you'll likely be having different types of mood issues. Wow. So, okay. So I have a question then yeah. because you grew up pescatarian, uh -huh. mm -hmm. largely vegetarian. Do you still eat that way now? I don't. I eat a mix of, of meat and plant mm -hmm. proteins now. And do you feel good? Do you feel like yeah, I feel great. the way? I mean, of course, everybody's yeah. different. You, you're probably not going to say everybody uh -huh. should eat this one way. But what would be your your opinion? Because I've been trying to incorporate a lot more protein into my life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's been working wonders. Yeah. So I think I think there are many different ways to the truth, right? There's mm -hmm. many different ways to be healthy. And there's many different ways to get enough essential amino acids via protein or via supplementation. I think if you choose to be vegan purely and to not even consume dairy or eggs, uh, it, it does become more complicated because inherently plant proteins don't have all of the essential amino acids in sufficient amounts to support the development of new proteins in your body. So you have to mix and match different plants and you have to eat a lot of them. You have to eat a lot more of them because there's a lot less in them comparatively to animal proteins, even, even uh, eggs and dairy. So it doesn't have to be meat products. Uh, so I think it's, you know, if you're trying to have an only whole food diet and not do any supplementation, not even do like protein powders, like none of that. It's easier to have higher daily protein intake eating animal products, but it's not impossible to do it on plant proteins. You, you, uh, you just have to be that much more diligent and thoughtful and you potentially need to exercise more mm -hmm. because you're going to get more calories relative to the amount of protein and amino acids that you get. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I was vegan for a long time. I was telling you yesterday yeah. for 10 years and my husband's vegan right now, but we're kind of on a journey right now to just figure out what's going to make us feel our best, give us the most energy. We have a baby, as you know, and that's been an interesting thing, making sure he gets enough of, mm -hmm. of all of the nutrients that he needs. So can you give these aminos to kids? Yeah, you can. I give them to my kids. Oh, wow. I mean, I think it's like up to you and up to your pediatrician or whoever mm -hmm. you go to for advice on these things. But I think maybe a way to think about it, though, too, about these aminos, they make a lot of sense for Keon Aminos makes a lot of sense for a vegan who is maybe having a hard time ha getting higher daily protein intake. For a child, it really depends on uh, they don't necessarily have the types of protein intake needs that adults have, but depends on also how active they are, what their diet is, if they're vegan, like, like their parents are potentially, if they're athletic. My kids are very athletic and sometimes they don't like to eat protein at meals. And so that's how I fit it in. It's mm -hmm. like, it's specifically around their athletic endeavors because they have really increased protein needs. They like run around a lot. And if they're not going to eat protein, it's like, Hey, you got to eat Mm -hmm. You either need to have protein or you need to take aminos. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and it's like with my daughter, who's actually not as inclined to eat meat, we found other little ways that would help her. Like aminos are one of them. Another is nutritional yeast. Mm -hmm. like she we love nutritional yeast. She loves yeast. nutritional yeast. It's and so it's, good. it's remarkably high mm -hmm. in protein and it's a non meat product. Yeah, so there are, it. you know, there's little, there's different solutions to it. But yeah, I mean, I think one of the, one of the big things to think about and maybe have this be in the context is, Going back to what amino acids are and what protein is, mm -hmm. the proteins in our body are in a constant state of needing to be, I'm simplifying things, but need to be refreshed. So the proteins that are in your organs are in a continuous state of breaking down. And when they break down, they break down into these individual amino acids, 20 amino acids. Those are the little building blocks. When the proteins together, they're all connected, the 20 amino acids. When they break down, they're all separate. And when they're separate and the body needs to rebuild that protein, some of those amino acids cannot be reused. So they get, they get basically excreted through your urine as urea. And thus you have to replace them. 
So when we talk about eating carbohydrates or fat, you're needing to eat enough carbohydrates and fat to just have energy to do things. You need to eat enough protein to get enough of the essential amino acids to literally help rebuild your kidneys and your heart and to empower your brain to have neurotransmitters and to rebuild your skin, et cetera. So without sufficient amount of these essential amino acids, you're going to have a host of issues with skin to hair, to vision, to organ health, to musculature, to all these different types of things. So just to show kind of how crucial it is that you get enough of them. And I think maybe one of the biggest issues that people are not exposed to is that the recommended daily allowance that's provided by the government is really more of a recommended minimum daily allowance. And that 0.4 grams of protein per pound of body weight would be, if you're a 100-pound person, which is not that common, but Mm -hmm. if you're a 100-pound person, that would mean 40 grams of protein. But that's the minimum that you need to just have your organs function, to Mm -hmm. have like basic health. Most people, people that like to exercise, honestly, people that are I'm going to say aging, but really anyone over 30, because it starts to happen once you get to 30 and then 40, 50 gets more and more. You have a harder time digesting proteins and stimulating this new protein synthesis should be eating more like one gram per pound of body weight. So rather than eating 40 grams, you should be eating 100 grams per day, over twice the amount of the recommended daily allowance slash minimum allowance. And I think if you're a vegan or you're a child and, you know, for whatever reasons, either because through the food choices, like how you're trying to, you're trying to get enough of this protein, there's amino acids or your kid and like, you don't want to eat, you want to eat macaroni and cheese or whatever. It can be harder to get those higher amounts. Mm -hmm. And that's where it becomes really crucial and important to, to consider supplementation. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're, if you're hitting those targets, just like solid every single day, then, and particularly with high quality proteins, like Greek yogurt or whey protein or eggs um, or animal animal meat like chicken or beef, then only probably older populations or athletes really need to consider supplementation. Mm-hmm. But there's many of us that can't even hit those higher targets. I can't even imagine that I do at all. I mean, I, I definitely am eating more protein now, mm-hmm. but for years I felt like I was getting protein, but definitely not over a hundred grams. Key on aminos and essential amino acids in this kind of formula are not technically a protein. It contains the essential elements of the protein that, that, that give all the benefits, that give the protein synthesis benefit. And when you eat a whole protein, you get a lot of other stuff in it too. You, get, you don't only get the essential amino acids, you also get the non-essential ones. And those aren't all used, and some of them are converted to sugars, and some of them are just excreted as urea. So the essential amino acids are the ones that actually create all of the protein synthesis. So in a young 20-year-old outside of exercise, like one gram of Keon aminos is equal to two grams of a very high quality protein. So it's twice basically mm-hmm. the impact of a protein. So if you had one serving of five, like one scoop, like we have like mango and mm-hmm. it's so berry good, and watermelon, mm-hmm. like flavors like that. You shake it up in a, in a bottle and you drink that and it's a one serving, it'd be the equivalent of 10 grams of a high quality, you know, animal-based protein, Mm -hmm. but it's vegan. It's entirely Mm -hmm. sourced from plants. It's fermented. It's basically fermented from plants. And so yeah, it's at least twice that impact. So when you start to think about, wow, I'm trying to hit these, these higher targets. And I would never encourage people to use supplements to hit the baseline. Like you should be eating real food, right? Mm -hmm. But let's say you've already hit kind of, you know, 60, 70, 80 grams of protein, and you're trying to get that next 20 grams. If you have a scoop Keon aminos in the morning, you just got the equivalent of like 10 grams of protein via the essential amino acids. And if you did it again in the afternoon or around exercise, you got another 10 and then boom, you just got at least the equivalent of an extra 20 grams of protein. It's not protein itself, but you got the mm-hmm. equivalent of the essential amino acids that provide yes. all the benefit in the protein without having to, you know, eat a whole mm-hmm. another few ounces of meat or, Absolutely. <laughs> or whatever that yeah. is. Yeah. That's amazing. And how is this supportive to metabolism and fat loss and that kind of stuff? So in two main ways, whenever you take essential amino acids as a free form supplement or as a protein, it kickstarts this process of rebuilding the proteins in your body. That is naturally an energy intensive process, right? If you can imagine, if I just eat carbohydrates and I just kind of burn them as energy, 
it's not requiring energy. But if I'm actually consuming these proteins and the, I'm consuming these amino acids and it makes me do, makes me rebuild these proteins, it actually takes energy from the body. So it raises your metabolism inherently. There's diet-induced thermogenesis just from consuming the essential amino acids and from the protein. On top of that, when you consume essential amino acids, what happens is you end up building more lean muscle. So you build more lean muscle while at the same time ideally burning fat. And if you replace a little bit of fat with a little bit of lean muscle, you inherently raise your just resting metabolic rate. What a lot of people don't realize is just lying in bed, you're burning calories. You don't have to be exercising. Just keeping your body alive, you're burning calories. And the more lean muscle you have, the more calories you burn doing nothing. You just burn calories just lying in bed. And then if you exercise, if you have a little bit more lean muscle, you burn even more calories than you would if you were exercising even without the lean muscle. Because naturally you're having to move more of the muscle, the muscle's having to be rebuilt, et cetera. It, it requires energy. So not only does, you know, if you replace three pounds of fat with three pounds of lean muscle, does it make you look toner and fitter? And I think in most people's eyes, more attractive. It also literally helps you burn more calories at rest and when you're exercising. Wow. Oh my God, that's incredible. And does it help give you more energy when you're working out? Yeah. So a, a really awesome benefit is that when you take key on aminos before you exercise, what it does is it, it does a few things. One, it helps prevent muscle fatigue. So one of the reasons that we get tired when we're exercising is that we actually oxidize or burn the amino acids in our body to supply both support for our muscles. There's a need for energy production without going way down a science wormhole. You basically burn more amino acids. And when you do that, what happens is you have to break down existing muscle tissue to support the blood with having more amino acids. And when you do that, it makes you get tired. Like mm -hmm. naturally as you break down the muscles, it makes you more tired. So when you take amino acids before working out and while working out, it helps prevent that muscle fatigue. Also, the amino acids themselves support the production of energy at the location of the muscle itself. So you actually have like in the muscle cells themselves, they're creating not creating, but they're converting energy for the muscle to move. And the amino acids support and facilitate that process to make it easier. And then the third way that they give you energy with exercise is that when you exercise and you burn up these amino acids, you actually change the level of certain amino acids in your body, in your blood. And one of the things that happens is you decrease the amount of leucine you increase the amount of tryptophan. And I think most people in your audience maybe don't know leucine, but I think they've probably heard tryptophan like turkey, mm -hmm. right? As you, yeah, as yes, you increase the amount of tryptophan, that increases the amount of tryptophan that, that crosses the blood-brain barrier, goes into your brain, and the tryptophan gets converted into 5-HTP, which gets converted into serotonin, which ultimately gets converted into melatonin. Mm -hmm. So when you take aminos before exercise or during exercise, it also helps prevent that imbalance of, of sending more tryptophan into your brain. So it gives you a sense of uh, less mental fatigue. Not mm -hmm. only does it support the muscle fatigue, but it keeps you more alert. Wow. That's what I need. I mean, I definitely struggle because we've talked about, I have Lyme disease and all of the stuff coming with that is just like a lack of energy overall. So this sounds amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a really easy way too to just, again, it's not like you have to, in addition to you trying to eat more protein throughout mm -hmm. the day, I think you'd be really surprised if you added this a couple more spots in the middle of the day instead of something else, you know, something yeah. else is maybe less healthy. You just give yourself these amino acids. You'll, I think you'll likely find a, a significant shift in your mood and overall kind of mental alertness. I can't wait to try. I mean, I've been trying it, like yeah. I told you, but I can't wait to be more consistent. What's your ultimate goal and mission with the company? I mean, do you want to sell it? Do you want to own it forever? Do you want to have a store one day? What's your ultimate mission? When you asked mission, I didn't think you were going to ask like, do you want to own it forever or mm -hmm. sell it or something? Maybe I thought it was, yeah, is a better I it was word like, because you, mission is different. Yeah. So let's say goal. But what's weird is for me, they are kind of the same thing where I'm like, I want, I want to have a lot of fun. I want everyone that's working at the company to have a lot of fun. I want it to feel like we all are making a living, doing something meaningful and providing something good for the world. And I want to do that for as long as we can. Hmm. And, you know, in whatever way it helps to keep serving people. I think early on in the company, there was a lot of interest to try to develop a lot of new products and do a lot of new, new things. And 
sometimes it can make sense to make a new product or to expand into this new area or to, you know, try to do something different. Uh, What I think we're learning more and more is like, how do we just be greater? How do we be focused and become the greatest at what we do? How do we like make it to where it's like that customer service experience? Like literally Keon is the best customer service experience that you ever have. Mm -hmm. And that when you take Keon Aminos, you know, it is absolutely the best amino acid supplement you can possibly get. Like that's really what, that's the trip we're on. Like Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing. That's what the focus is on. I think I'm really lucky now that the company's at a place where it's it's actually always been profitable. The way that we've built it has been very disciplined and not hiring too many people too fast or not trying to sell ourselves in some kind of made up vision of what it could be. Just like be really reasonable, like, excuse me, like be, make good products, be committed, don't overspend, like just be thoughtful. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a place now where, I mean, I have a good, I have a reasonable income. I'm able to like take care of my family. I'm out of the debt that I was in to get everything off the ground Mm -hmm. and we take really good care of the employees and we're profitable and we just keep reinvesting it and trying to reach more people and do more with it. And I don't know what the vision is after that. I don't have, I don't aspire to like maintain control and I don't aspire to somehow be some like rich person who just has Mm -hmm. a bunch of cash, but like then doesn't, I don't, what do I do then? Yeah. You know? So, so, I mean, I'm open to, I'm open to wherever it goes, you know, but I think right now, like the focus is be focused and be better, Mm -hmm. keep being better at what we do. I can't wait to see where it goes. We'll be watching. We Thanks. can't wait to Thanks see. Thanks for your support. Of course. We'll so, make sure you get enough amino um, so your husband yeah, doesn't you take them Yeah, you gotta send all. me some more. Um, <laughs> I love the mango. I love the watermelon. Great. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Love some decaf coffee. Yeah. Obsessed. I want to ask you a couple questions that I ask everyone who comes on the show. Okay. If you could be in a room with three people, living or dead, who would they be? My wife, my son, my daughter. Who is your inspiration? I feel like this is cheap because someone recently asked me this and I said it intuitively then, but it's still true. It's me. Mm, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any mentors? I have, yeah, I have a lot of mentors. Who are they? I think they've been people I've worked for in the past. Like a lot of people I've worked for have been really good mentors to me. And I have like two or three, like they're really like long-term friends that are around my age. But when I think about mentor, I'm, I'm thinking about like, Hey, what do I, what do I do? Or who do I want to become? Or how do I think through this problem? So they're really like my closest guy friends over the last 20 years. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Advice and tips for any entrepreneurs who are listening. Focus, take action sooner than later and be committed to doing a good job. I think you can waste a lot of time envisioning all the different ideas of things that it could be or would do and all the new tactics and marketing and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, if you just really focus on less things, one thing that you're going to do really well, you take action on it every single day and you're committed to doing it well, you will be successful. Amazing. Such a good tip. And what's your favorite spiritual practice? Silent meditation. I still got to do that, like a silent <laughs> meditation retreat. I mean, I do med- meditate all yeah. the time, but I've wanted to go on a silent retreat for a long time. And it's amazing that you've done so many. Yeah, they're really, uh, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. They're distinct. It's to, to have the opportunity to be that quiet for that long. And the traditions that I've liked most have been ones too, where they basically invite you. To, you, don't, you don't read, write, speak, or make eye contact for the period. And if you do that for 10 days and you're, you know, meditating for 10 hours a day, you can really like burn through a lot of BS. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You can burn through a lot of the things that you thought were true or maybe true or an ideas, like all these little things you're attached to. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can really just take away all the distractions of life and yeah, like what you're trying to be to other mm-hmm. people and what you think you mean to them and, yeah. and just like, just really slow it down. That's so powerful. Wow. And where can everyone find you? Uh, at getkeon.com. Mm-hmm. G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com. And we're online at mm-hmm. Keon on you know all the major social Amazing. networks. Yeah. And we have keon.com slash balanced for a very special discount for you guys, which I'll include all the details of in the intro and the outro and the show notes. You guys have got to check it out. It's such an amazing brand. I'm so excited to start taking it more consistently and also to just get back on my decaf routine with you guys. I told you how I discovered the coffee years ago. 
and I've been recommending it to people ever since. Thank you. Thanks so much. Absolutely perfect. And so much fun to have you here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Wand and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.